On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk with Thea Ramirez, the founder of AdoptionShare.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. This show is all about domestic infant adoption, helping you on your journey to be match faster, cheaper, and with less stress so you can see your dream come true, the dream of becoming parents through adoption. And thank you so much for connecting with me. My name is Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad. You know, this show is all about hopeful adoptive families because my wife and I are a hopeful adoptive family. We've adopted twice and we're going for a third time. And uh, we, I really just wanted a resource to help you uh, folks like me and you to adopt faster and just uh find some things out there. There's a whole bunch of stuff on the internet about adoption and more so about domestic adoption. This is why I wanted to create this show to bring on folks that can help us adopt faster, cheaper, with less stress. So that's what we have today. Another great episode. Today we're talking with Thea Ramirez. Uh, She is the founder and president of adoptionshare.com. And what they do is really it's a site, uh, that connects you. It's a membership site that connects you with adoption professionals, with agencies and attorneys all over the country. I mean, how would you feel if you could connect directly with over 80 adoption agencies and attorneys nationwide, and those professionals have adoption situations that are posted just for you? Where do I sign up, right? Well, that's what adoptionshare.com does every day. So I'm excited to have Thea on the show. She'll tell us how you can be a part of this awesome tool. And this tool connects you with, like I said, the agencies and attorneys to streamline the adoption process. I mean, AdoptionShare is not an agency or facilitator, and Thea will talk about that in the interview. It is, what it really is, is a membership site that that provides you with an easier and faster way to adopt. I mean, you can get on there and connect with these agencies and attorneys. And they pay to be part of it. As a hopeful adoptive family, we pay to be part of it. And you just have that much more opportunity to match uh, any, from anywhere across the country. So it's really an awesome website, and I'm excited to talk to Thea about it. So let's get into the interview right now. Okay, everybody, today we have Thea Ramirez on the show today. She's the founder and president of Adoption Share, a national website designed to bring efficiency and transparency to the adoption process. She holds a master's degree in clinical social work is known for envisioning and implementing big ideas that create collaboration among people and organizations. In addition to being named a young influencer by Catalyst at uh, catalystspace.com, she's been featured and published on lots of national platforms such as CNN, Christianity Today, Parents.com, The Washington Times, National Review Online, and most recently, she was at the New York Stock Exchange where she's asked to ring the opening bell and draw awareness for adoption, which is really cool. She's married to Lucas Ramirez, and together they have three children, and they live in the historic downtown neighborhood of Brunswick, Georgia, and they recently completed their second historic home renovation. That sounds pretty cool. Welcome, Thea, to the Infinite Adoption Guide podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, you got to tell me about that historic home renovation right, right off. That sounds sure. really cool. yeah. So Brunswick, Georgia is about four or five miles from the Atlantic Ocean, and the historic Brunswick is sort of this town that hasn't really decided what it wants to be yet. We're about 45 minutes south of 
Savannah and another 45 minutes north of Jacksonville and a great little spot, but you know, you take five steps forward as a community and then another 15 steps backwards. So my husband and I feel really committed to help be part of the renovation here that's going on in our neighborhood and community. And so we, uh, we, we did one renovation about seven years ago and then outgrew that home and tackled a, a huge house, <laughs> which was a little bit, uh, maybe biting off more than we could chew, but, uh, finally completed it and have been in here for about a year and a half now. And, other than having higher utility bills, we love it. So <laughs> it is, uh, it's a lot of fun to take care of these old Victorian homes. I think our home was built in like 1880-something. So, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. That sounds really cool, as long as it's not a money pit, right? You just keep That's right. Sinking yeah, money you got to <laughs> be careful about that, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's really cool. Well, you don't have the southern accent, so you must not have been from Georgia. Yeah, not a native Georgian. Um, I actually grew up most of my life in Orlando, Florida. And Orlando is like one of those anomalies that, that is considered the south, but not really. Uh, it's a hodgepodge of people from all over the place. So you kind of have a neutral accent when you grow up in Orlando. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, I, I can tell that from your voice. So that's cool, though. I appreciate you coming on to the show today. I've, I'm looking forward to talking about Adoption Share. I've seen the website, and I think it's pretty cool. I've not uh, been a part of it yet, but uh, now that we're into our third adoption, my wife and I, uh, sounds like something we need to, to jump into. So cool. I really, uh, yeah, I really like to, to get your point of view of, of when and why you, you started the site and what it's all about. Yeah. So I started Adoption Share in January of 2011, and it was uh, kind of a response out of having been a social worker for an adoption agency down here in the South. Uh, I was licensed, licensed in Florida and Georgia, and very small. They did about seven to ten placements a year. Um, and because it was small, it was just kind of me helping run a lot of it. And so I got to see a unique aspect in adoption. Um, typically, a lot of adoption social workers concentrate on either, you know, the birth parent side or the adoptive parent side. And because our agency was small, a lot of times it was all hands on deck and you kind of worked with everybody. And so it gave me a really unique understanding for the relationship and the dynamic of um, the process and how it affects the different uh, people that are participating in that process. And over time, I started to see and actually get phone calls from adoptive parents all over the nation. Someone leaked my cell phone number on a blog. I think it was like a Yahoo adoption blog or something like that about how there's this Thea Ramirez and she's really helpful and you should talk to her about, you know, uh, if you have problems or I don't know, you need, you need help or encouragement, just give her a call. And so I started getting bombarded with phone calls from, from people all over the place from as far away as Washington, uh, the state. And so um, in, in speaking with these families, I just started to, to hear the reoccurring patterns that were happening. A lot of families that had been waiting for two or three years, a lot of families that had lost um, a lot of money financially. And I just, as a young person, I still had 30, consider myself young. <laughs> but, um, you know, and someone kind of had, having grown up just as, you know, social media was sort of exploding, I, I felt like, there, there's really no reason why we're not applying a lot of the same technology that we're seeing, you know, bring um, peace to nations in turmoil and, and find, you know, a lost loved one or whatever. We're, we're using Facebook and social media as a ways of communicating with people like we've never been able to do before. And I thought, 
Well, why aren't we trying to kind of apply some some type of technology like that to the private adoption practice? Um, because with that transparency that is just um, innate within the nature of uh, social media platforms, greater transparency produces greater efficiency. And so I felt like the consensus among adoptive parents was there's this, you know, who is the wizard behind the big curtain? You know, um, a lot of adoption agencies retain so much information. And sometimes that might be strategic on there. And then sometimes that's just part of the, the fast-paced nature of, of the practice of adoption is that there's just the, the breakdown in communication happens, and it might not be intentional. It's just that there's a lot of different people to provide services for, and there's a lot of families to communicate with. So balls get dropped, and people don't get their phone calls returned, and you feel like you are all by yourself, and this mountain of, of ambiguity um, in front of you, and you have no idea how to kind of cross that hurdle. So adoption share kind of was my strategy and idea for how to um, eliminate those challenges for families by providing a social network similar to Facebook where families could actually um, strategically. So it's not just open to any single person out there, but um, it's uh, home study proof families that communicate with a network of licensed adoption agencies and adoption attorneys. And, and they have like an open uh, posting and communication board where, you know, for the first time families are connecting directly with agencies um, typically, each week we have, you know, three or four adoption situations posted, and those are basically meaning that there's an agency out there that's working with a woman who's expecting, and she's chosen to make an adoption plan. And rather than maybe disseminate that information to only this exclusive, you know, group of waiting families with that agency, they open it up to members on adoption share because they know that they're home study approved. And they add those families into the network of their own waiting families to, to give that woman more choice and more ability and more options for considering who would raise her child. Um, so that happens every week. And, you know, the response has been amazing. I love it when people uh, get back to us and say, oh, my gosh, you know, we and, you know, we've been waiting for 18 months and we come on to adoption share and in the first two weeks were were matched with this uh, with with a, a person out in California or wherever that person is from. So that um, that has been super exciting and something that um, I feel like you know a part of that that dream of mine has has become a reality, which is awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I, one of the things that popped in my head while you're you were talking about it was, what if we're already with an agency or an attorney and we become part of this and then we match with an expectant mom that's working with a different agency? How does that work? Right. So, and, and this is kind of still navigating those crossroads. I, I think kind of increasingly, and Tim, you had asked earlier kind of how to maximize or, or what you feel like, um, you know, what kind of family would benefit the most from adoption share. And, and honestly, that answer is the family that um, has the least cost prohibitive set up with their current agency and adoption attorney. If a family is currently contracted with an agency and they've already paid, you know, ten or fifteen thousand dollars. And typically when an agency is asking for that kind of money up front, they're going to either do your home study or they're going to coordinate that your home study be done. So they're going to actually contract an agency to do it for you in the state that you live in. And um, and the understanding behind those fees and costs is that you're going to kind of work with them through the whole process from start to finish. 
if a family um, is signed up under that kind of situation, most likely, unless they go and just verify what the refund policy is when it comes to getting some fees and costs that have already been paid out back, um, most likely those costs are not refundable. So what ends up happening is um, you end up contracting with this bigger agency and you pay all this money up front and then you find out that maybe you know, your neighbor has a cousin whose daughter is pregnant and they know you and they know your wife and they know that you're thinking about adopting. And so they approach you. And in that instance, you might not say, think that that agency that is four states away is the best agency to work with. Um, that Those monies, regardless that you paid up until that point, would not be refundable. And so, and that's in the vast majority. Again, I encourage families to, to, to read the fine print and find out what fees are refundable um, after they've been paid. Um, and so kind of answering your question, Tim, if, if a family has been, if they paid out five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 to an agency and it is non-refundable, they're not going to really be very excited about joining Adoption Share simply because They'll find how quickly information is being disseminated on the site and how easily accessible these agencies are to families. And then they're still going to be presented with fees and costs from that agency that's, that's facilitating the placement. So that's not going to be something, unless that person has money is not an, an option or, you know, is not something to worry about. It's it's not it doesn't feel great. So we we try to you know make that message pretty clear to families um, out the gate that if they are obligated financially to an agency, it really just becomes more it creates more anxiety because you realize there is a faster, better, more efficient way to do this. Um, but uh, but you know why why know all that when you've already been you know you've already paid those fees and costs and they're non-refundable. So. That's really the, the families that benefit the most are the ones that um, have a home study. Um, they might have identified an agency or an attorney, um, but uh, they, they're not financially obligated in that kind of amount of money to to finish the entire adoption, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a private adoption, it doesn't even have to be a private adoption, I guess, but when you're starting out, if you have not mm-hmm. already signed up with an agency that requires money up front. And a lot of people are looking for that, by the way, <laughs> not to have to yeah. pay a bunch of money up front. Uh, right. So if you're in that position, then this sounds perfect. And I think there's a lot of folks and more and more out there that are in mm-hmm. that position. So when you sign yeah. up and you get to be part of this and you have an agency or an attorney that puts a, puts a situation out there and you see it, you said there's amounts. So they would already know kind of how much they would have to fund in order to make that adoption happen? Yeah. So, um, and, and every agency is different about how much information they post. The only requirement that we stipulate on adoption share is that licensed agency or adoption attorney um, not provide identifying information, obviously, of the person they're, they're trying to match a family with. So, um, they'll go under alias names. So, it could be, quote, unquote, Samantha and Jim Bob, you know, um, and, uh, and that's referring to the expectant parents that they're working with currently. And, um, and, and so, yeah, so a lot of times there are stipulations or they'll just provide an estimate, um, kind of a range of how much it would likely be. And, um, and ranges on adoption share have been, I think the lowest we've seen was 
uh, $12,000, um, and that was on a sliding scale fee, so it could be even lower for some families to as high as $48,000, I think was our highest. Um, so it, it ranges, and every agency is different. So uh, another benefit of adoption share is that you really get to see um, the practices of a lot of different agencies and, and the justifications behind those practices. So you can interact with them. You can be like, you know, people on an open messaging board that's on adoption share were like, why are the fees so high? Why are you, why is this $48,000? And the agency was able to respond and say, you know, this woman has, um, she wasn't eligible for Medicaid and her medical needs are through the roof. Um, so we need to provide her with medical care through her pregnancy, which is why the fees are so much. So, you know, and, and so, the, so the families were able to understand that it wasn't like a gimmick or someone was pulling their leg. The agencies were actually responding to their postings and communicating with those families in real time. Um, so that, that's something that also has been really helpful because sometimes when you just go to a generic uh, posting board and you have a, an email from a social worker to get in, in you know, touch with for further information, you don't hear those responses quickly. So it's, it's helpful to be all on the same network and speaking together as you know, quickly as possible. That's a huge point, yeah, because we've seen a lot in, through our Facebook groups and other places that well, this, this adoption situation is $40,000, and how can anybody charge right. that much? And it, it does seem like, well, how can they charge that much? I mean, that just seems outrageous, right. like they're trying to right. gouge the adoptive families. But if they have an ability to communicate real time why that is and that here's all the breakdown, right. that, may, that makes it a whole lot easier to swallow. It still may not be affordable sure. for a lot of people, but exactly. at least you know. Right. And one of the things that I love about Adoption Share is kind of as these um, – postings are happening, you know, families can, they're not pressured. Like if you've been waiting two and a half years and the first, you know, call you get from your social worker is a a situation that's going to cost $40,000 because maybe you're in your adoption questionnaire, you put more of a liberal budget on there. Um, You're going to feel the pressure to just agree to it, whether you have the funds or not. And um, because you don't want to wait another two and a half years or you don't know when the next call will come from. So, you know, this really puts the control and some some power in the hands of adoptive parents who, you know, because of the transparency that's being generated on the site can kind of pick and choose for themselves what cases they want to respond to for themselves. So, you know, again, the qualification is that they have a current and approved home study. So we've We've checked with their provider to make sure that, you know, yes, in fact, they, their home study is approved and is current. And then they make those connections. And so the agencies understand that these are pre-qualified families. And all and so they trust our vetting process and then work with them as if they had, you know, already submitted their paperwork is the understanding and agreement that they have with these families. So um, it's really, it's very powerful when, when you can get that kind of, um uh, community um, happening, um, and especially with uh, just our our youth in terms of an organization we've been around for not not even four years yet. Um, it's amazing to see how much can get accomplished when people come together, you know, for a, the same purpose and same goals. You just get a lot more done quickly. So, how many agencies and attorneys do you currently have as members? So we have, um, and that grows, that grows every day. So I believe right now we have about 80 licensed agencies and attorneys currently on adoption share, and they can be from 
I believe, a, a, a pool of about 37 or 38 states currently. Um, so if you were to think of Adoption Share, although we're not a, an ado- a licensed adoption agency and we're not a facilitator, we do not place children in homes, um, we would be, if we were licensed, probably the, 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 the biggest adoption agency in the United States just simply because of our, of our reach and our scope. Um, so, you know, having all these different, you know, agencies signed on to Adoption Share, working with these families from all over the country is, um, you know, really helpful um, and uh, and helps a lot of families because especially in some states, some families can only work with certain agencies. So um, it's helpful to have as, as big a scope as possible. So you mentioned uh, 30, 38 states. So would you, do you have a list or some states that if somebody from a hopeful adoptive family didn't know if they could become part of Adoption Share, would you have a list so they could figure out if they can be part of it? Typically, kind of the rubric is that New York and New Jersey tend to be the, the strictest in terms of, of their own child welfare uh, policies and, and procedures and all of that, that they prefer families to work with licensed agencies or licensed entities in their state. The kind of the agreement and the underlying understanding is we bring in licensed agencies from those states onto Adoption Share to help work with the families that could be on there. And in some cases, uh, from my understanding, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because every day I feel like I speak to another person from New York who worked with an agency from someplace else and everything was fine. So there seems to be still some some work to be done kind of as an adoption community as in, a, in general, making those rules a little bit clearer and uh, more consistently exercised than is currently being done. So it, that's kind of a harder question to answer just simply because I feel like that changes a lot depending on who you talk to and when you talk to them. So, um, But for now, everyone is welcome. We're, we're able to work in, in all states, and, um, and but we try to, as best we can, um, specifically target maybe more agencies in one state as opposed to another to work with us because... Um, you know, sometimes, again, like New York, they, they want to see more New York agencies for New York families. Okay. So if anybody has any question about whether or not they should become a member, it's easy to contact you and just ask. And you can right. get into those yeah. specific conversations. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And again, it, it's, we're, not a, uh, we're not a placement entity. So that's really um, something to make very clear. We're not placing children. There's a component of what we do that works with um, and alongside pregnancy resource centers and women's health clinics um, to help women explore the adoption option, but we are not actually placing children. We're not acting on or, be, um, on, or be, on behalf of anyone on the site. So this is really putting everything kind of going back to a licensed agency to figure out and work with. So really the question is what for families to kind of reframe your question would be, what agencies can I work with? What agencies can I not work with? Not necessarily can I can I sign on to Adoption Share, but in the at the end of the day, when I've used the Adoption Share to connect with this licensed agency, then the question becomes: Am I able in the state that I live in to work with this agency in this state? Gotcha. Does that make sense? That that makes a lot of sense. That's very good uh, clarification there, because yeah, we don't want anybody to think that you can't get on Adoption Share. It's more of down to the individual states, since individual states have a, a, their own adoption laws, sure. it can be that's restrictive right. on where you adopt from, and that's true whether or not you're part of adoption share or not. So right. yeah, yeah, that makes that makes it very clear. Thank you for yeah, answering absolutely. that that way. 
so let's just walk through the process real quick. So uh, if I want to be part of Adoption Shares as a hopeful adoptive parent, I can get on there and become a member. And it's pretty low cost, mm-hmm. if I remember right. What is the cost? Yeah, the, the cost is fourteen ninety nine a month or $120 for the year. And what is included in that is that we um, are verifying that your home study approved and that your your home study continues to be current and approved and then allowing you onto the network of both licensed agencies and adoption attorneys and also the ability to have an online profile um, and uh, and have that be visible to expectant parents that um, are utilizing our site to explore ad- the adoption process. Um, one of the things that makes us unique in that regard, Tim, is that we don't allow expectant parents to connect directly with our adoptive parents. Um, we, uh, again, from my experience working in an adoption agency, I do really understand and appreciate the the, the reason why there is that third party there to help, um, you know, at least from initially speaking, kind of help that um, relationship build and, and, and build that rapport uh, with both entities, the, the adoptive parents and the expectant parents. And so um, because of that, uh, we ask that the expectant parents, if they're interested in con- connecting with those families, that they contact the agency or adoption attorney that's listed as that family's contact. Um, so that's that's kind of makes us a little unique. We're not... Um, one of those sites where you can just kind of jump on and start, you know, chatting with this lady who says she goes by the name Susan B. and uh, and then find out ten months later that you've been swindled. So, you know, this really helps protect the families, and it also helps protect the women that are considering placing their third child as well, um, giving them, you know, all the options and having an agency or an attorney kind of help them guide through the process of of what is expected and, and how the process works without having that information relayed from the adoptive parents. So, um, so that's also another element of, of our website as well. Very important distinction there. Cause yeah, I, I cringe at getting scammed or going through some fraud mm-hmm. that, uh, and I, I know it's out there. So you just I worry about that. Right. So I, that's why I don't want any part of talking directly with, uh, expectant, uh, moms or parents, because I, I will, I mean, obviously you do when you match, but right. I want somebody yes. to help me yes. set that up, uh, and, and vet these mm-hmm. people. So we, we just don't have those scams that you have to deal with. So I think that's a great part of the site and how you guys handle that. Um, if somebody yeah. doesn't have a home study, uh, would you help them to find a place to get yeah. a home study? Okay. So- Absolutely. A lot of times um, we get uh, emails that are, you know, my husband and I are thinking about adopting or um, oftentimes it's the wife, Tim, <laughs> that, yeah. that emails us or, or just has a question because they realize they, they don't have access onto the site yet. And um, and so we uh, we do give out recommendations for, you know, family or for agencies that are in their area. Um, and we try to, you know, find the information out in, in terms of cost and stuff like that so they can kind of have three or four to pick from and um, contact them that way. Um, but, but yeah, the requirement is to have the home study. So, and the other kind of funny thing that happens sometimes, families get a little over anxious to sign up for adoption care. So sometimes when we're verifying that the family is home study approved, which almost always they are, every now and then you'll have a family that their completion date was the day that they started their home study. So... <laughs> Um, so that's oh. always brings them laughs because they're just so excited to get started. And, uh, 
So we have to go back and say, okay, well, almost. Like, we'll come back to us in about six to eight weeks when, when your home <laughs> study should be done at that point. you gotta, you got to pass some uh, criminal background checks <laughs> first. So, um, so yeah, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that can always, that's always entertaining. Good deal. Yeah, that, that's helpful. If, if, if you're not ready or you think you're ready and you might not be, that at least you can help them through and get them on to the site and get them going on their membership. So uh, an adoptive parent will sign up become a member with their home study intact, or if not, well, they'll get it intact, become a member, then you're active in the, in the group, in the community, and then the adoptive uh, professionals, I guess, would be the agencies and attorneys, they also pay to have a membership of this so they can c- communicate? Yeah, so the agencies, um, yeah, are, are paying for um, their membership, which makes them, you know, active participants, which is another distinction. I think a lot of times when things are free, people don't really utilize them as much. And so um, having their, their buy-in, literal buy-in, helps them help keep the site going, number one, and number two, um, it uh, it really allows them to see that this is indeed a service. Um, they really love seeing the variety of families on Adoption Share. Um, we'll get um, families of every racial background and religious background and family makeup. And so um, they, when they have a, a woman, especially that's looking for that specific family, they want a Jewish family or they would like an African American couple. Um, they know they can find those families on Adoption Share and. Um, and, you know, either search specifically for those families or just post generically and get the response and um, allow uh, from the families and allow the, um, the birth mother to choose uh, from that selection that they've gathered. So um, it's a really great uh, resource for those agencies because they're able to do that. And then the other resource for, fa- for those agencies is also to be a referral for expectant parents um, so that are kind of curious about adoption or wanting to know how the adoption process works um, because of our relationships with women's health clinics, people that are working with expectant parents that are faced with an unintended pregnancy. Um, oftentimes there's not a lot of information on adoption and nine times out of 10, the woman's walking out the door after she finds out she's pregnant without any information on her options. And, um, and typically these are considered crisis pregnancies because it wasn't expected um, there's not yet a plan formulated, and, and although not every unintended pregnancy needs to become an adoption plan, um, our tool has been uh, crafted specifically to help women in that situation um, consider or have the means to explore adoption. So she can become an invisible member of our community, um, as in she's not visible or searchable on our on our database, and she can... Um, you know, see the correspondence between families and adoption agencies. She can look at families. uh, She can connect with the family's agency. Um, But most importantly, if she has questions about adoption and and how to pursue that, she can connect with a licensed adoption agency or an attorney that's in her state that's already working with us. So, um, so yeah, so from that, that angle, that's really helpful because um, you know, typically what happens a lot of times is that the agency that pays for the, the most marketing on Google AdWords is the one that's getting calls from women who do not live in the state that that agency is licensed in. And so what we're hoping to kind of help bring some reform to is helping women that are in one state work with providers in the state that they're licensed in um, because that just helps for a lot of different things. These, um, these little hiccups in adoption that we see 
you know, four or five months down into the adoption plan is oftentimes because we're working in not just one or two states, but, you know, three states now because you'll have an agency license in one state, working with adopted parents in a different state, working with an expected parent in a third state. And so you can imagine just kind of how complicated that can be when every single state has different adoption laws. So what we're trying to do is is just kind of recenter and repurpose um, and reemphasize the, the beauty in having women in one state working with an agency in their state. <laughs> um, and so that, that's been um, welcomed uh, to, to some extent by the adoption community in general, um, especially our, large, our smaller agencies really love that setup because it kind of gives them a chance to actually do what they feel passionate and called to do as well. So um, without maybe necessarily having all the funding that some maybe bigger agencies have. Yeah, do you have any statistics on like how long a family would typically be a member before they are matched or they're placed? Do you, yeah, we don't. Do you keep track of that? Um, yeah, we, we haven't been able to really keep track of that, Tim, and, and mostly that's because um, those surveys that we send out, um, I don't know if you ever send out surveys, but it is so hard. I know myself as a consumer a lot of times neglect those three-minute surveys, even if they promise an iPad at the end. Um, so it's hard get consistent feedback. But what we do know from the people that, that take the time and they and they come back and they say, thank you so much, and we ask them, how long was your wait? You know, we've, we've seen it be between two weeks to, um, we had one family that was, um, that was uh, I think within, I think one month of their home study being completed, they were matched with an agency. Um, and, and then that, I think they backed out of that match Then they were rematched again. And then they finally were matched a third time. Um, just different things came up. They didn't lose a penny in, in any of this. Um, and then at their third match, that ended up being the, the final uh, child that they were matched with. And, um, and they ended up adopting him within a year of having their home study completed. So it really varies. Um, it, it really depends on the family and their preferences and how, you know, stringent those preferences are and how um, how comfortable they are in working with the agency that's posting. But, you know, it, typically it's it's not more than a year. And, and that really is even uh, pretty, that's, that's a long time to be on adoption share. Um, our family memberships change constantly. People will come on and in a month they're gone because they've they've been matched or they've, you know, they, they've kind of seen how the, the art of networking works and they kind of want to try it on their own. So, um I think the best story that I can think of just to anecdotally to share with you, Tim, is um, one of the families that actually uh, went with us to New York to draw awareness to adoption at the New York Stock Exchange um, was in the Air Force. Uh, both family, both both parents were in the Air Force, and they um, had their home study completed, and then about two or three weeks later, they both were served papers to be deployed in different countries, and um, they were really upset about that, obviously, because they were hoping to adopt quickly within the year. And when they got their deployment um, assignments, they just felt like this would never happen for them. And so the adoptive mom on, on serving in, in her deployment, of, you know, thousands of miles away from where her husband was, was stationed, um, was feeling really de- down and depressed one day in Afghanistan. She was literally in Afghanistan and went to the morale tent where there was a couple of computers and she signed on to adoption share. She read about a situation from an agency in Indiana, 
um, connected with that agency from Afghanistan, from that computer, <laughs> submitted her information uh, through Adoption Share to her, uh, to this agency, and uh, was matched within, I think, two weeks of that beginning conversation. And 40 days after coming back from Afghanistan, she was standing in the hospital holding her son, Patrick. And, um, and so that just really, I mean, for two, I mean, typically I've, you know, there's a lot of military families on adoption share, but to see two actual active duty, um, parents involved in our armed services be able to utilize technology in this way, um, to achieve their goal was just amazing. And they themselves cannot even believe it. I think Patrick now is, um, almost two. And to think that we played some role in, in their connection just and, you know, that, that's what keeps us going, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that keeps me doing what, what I'm doing uh, currently because it, it really does work when, um, when we can bring everybody on the same network and allow that communication to happen. Absolutely awesome story there, man. That gives some hope uh, for everybody, not, not, but let yeah. alone uh, folks that are in the military because I get those every now and then that uh, they don't think they can adopt because they're either going to be deployed or don't know if they're going to be deployed and just don't know how sure. it's all going to work. So that, that brings hope to those folks. Good story. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to share was that uh, on your site, which I think is really cool, you say uh, 10% of each paid membership goes to the support of the work of crisis pregnancy centers across the country. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so in our work with um, our pregnancy resource centers, um, we um, we are, are trying to help these organizations specifically talk more about adoption, um, whether that be um, a Planned Parenthood or a um, what they call a PRC, a pregnancy resource center. We want um, the adoption option to be an actual option in the options conversation. So when a woman is faced with an unintended pregnancy, um, rather than the, just the generic standard, what seems to be the dominant conversation, which is parenting or abortion, we want to offer women the opportunity to really explore uh, what adoption is. So part of our, um, uh, our, our network of pregnancy resource centers and, and organizations that act like them, so women's health clinics and parenthoods that are, that are part of this community, um, we uh, help organize, we partner, we, we'll, we'll look at where they are located in the United States and we'll make sure we send an agency, an adoption agency that we approve um, of and, and we identify with um, to actually facilitate um, in-office trainings, um, uh, you know, educating their staff on adoption laws in the state so that they can answer those basic questions for women who might be in a, in a relationship that's abusive or um, in a relationship that... Um, that isn't uh, really going anywhere and they want information on, on uh, you know, whatever that is, if it's parenting or if it's um, resources in the community for that, that those specific um, organizations that provide those specific supports and resources can actually um, share that information with staff so the staff then can share that information with a woman in that position, if that makes sense. So, um, so yeah, that is a, a growing program. Uh, we're hoping to expand that um, even more in, in this next year. Um, but our, um, but the, the support that comes from this site has helped, um, has helped tremendously, um, you know, either getting uh, diapers for women, uh, for their babies if they choose to parent, or it, it's been helpful getting uh, additional pregnancy tests for centers. Um, 
so which costs a lot of money for these nonprofit organizations. So yeah, that's that's like a little element of what we do. Uh, certainly from fourteen ninety nine, ten percent isn't that much, but over time it adds up, and so that's been really helpful to to give to these organizations. Yeah, I think it's a great program. What what it really tells the story of is that you're all about the adoption triad. You're helping the adoptive families. You're helping the expectant mothers, and you're also obviously helping the child become have a forever family. So that's what's really cool about your site. It just uh, brings it all together in the community, like you're talking about, uh, the community exchange of information. And just I think it's great to have everybody be a part of this because it's only going to help out the whole adoption community as a whole and especially as hopeful adoptive families. If you're looking, everybody that gets into adoption wants to obviously adopt the quickest uh, and with the least amount of cost and then with the least amount of stress. So, which means no scams or fraud. So um, I think this, this absolutely speaks to all three of those. So I applaud you for putting this together. I know it's only been four years. I hope you stick around a long time and a lot of people join because it's a, it's a really cool site. And thanks so much for coming on. Um, Where should families go if they have more questions or want to learn more about it? Yeah, they can um, email us is the, the best way. It's info, I-N-F-O, at adoption-share.com um, is the best way. They can also check out our website at www.adoption-share.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Any last thoughts you want to share with the folks? We're, we're passionate about what we do. And um, and for those of you, especially that, that make connections, even if it's not to join our site, but to just um, let us know that you're in the process, we want to we wanna pray for you. We want to commit to just holding your family and our thoughts and prayers as you go through this process. We know that it's not easy to go through a process, but there are no definite answers. And, and every answer that you, you're given is, it depends. <laughs> we know that that uh, can be stressful and a source of conflict. Um, and so we want to uh, partner with you in, in some way. And if prayer is the best way to do that, we'd love to do that for you. So shoot us an email. Let us know um, who you are, what you're, what you're, uh, where you are in the process, and we'd love to get to know you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Thea, for coming on the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. Uh, hope to talk to you again down the road and, um, again, share uh, everything there is that you have going on with your membership. I hope it continues to grow. Well, thank you so much, Tim. I so appreciate it. It's been an honor anytime um, I'm asked to do this, but especially, I mean, looking at what your organization stands for and, and how long you've been doing this, it's a real honor to be, I know this is sacred space and sacred time that you have in addition to doing all the things that you do. So thanks for making that time for me and uh, for for applauding my efforts. It really means the world. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm honored to have you as well. That's a uh good resource to share with the adoptive families and that's what i'm all about so i'm glad you came on absolutely thank you so much Tim. yep thank you take care all righty all right great interview with the uh really enjoyed talking to her i had fun talking with her it's a really unique website and a great website really because it has the ability to help hopeful adoptive families like you and me to shorten our weight i mean isn't that what really it's about uh that's we're all looking to do that, shorten our weight and adopt faster. And adoptionshare.com is something every adoptive family should check out. I mean, why not? The risk is pretty small. Why not spend the 15 bucks a month? I mean, you could do that for several months just to see if it works. And isn't that better than spending thousands to see if something else will work? And there's a lot of ways to come to adoption for sure. 
uh, and you can spend a lot more than 15 bucks a month to see if something will work. And this really looks like it's worth checking out and what better way to help you connect with over 80 adoption professionals in a private way and connect with them. And, and that's the beauty of this site is uh, they vet you and make sure you have a home study done. And they also vet the adoption agencies and professionals. So it doesn't really get any better than that. It's a very helpful website. So I invite you to go over and check it out. Even if you have doubts or you are a little bit skeptical of it, um, email Thea, she said in the interview at info at adoptionshare.com and you can ask her any questions you have. She also has a pretty good frequently asked questions page that I'll put a link to in the show notes for this and all the links that we talked about today, especially the adoption share site, I will put in the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 22. And there you can see the highlights of what we talked about in this episode and share it with others too. If you think anybody else would benefit from hearing this, please share it with other adoptive families. I think it will help a lot of folks. And while you're there at infantadoptionguide.com, you can go um, on the right side of the screen. You can see a place where you can sign up. Just enter your email address and I'll send you four free adoption resources. These will help you fund your adoption, help you ask the right questions of adoption professionals. It's uh, really helpful, in my opinion, uh, based on my experience um, of something you can use to shorten the time and decrease the cost and stress on your adoption. Um, If you want to just jump right there, you can go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash welcome, and that'll lead you right to those resources. So thank you so much for doing that. And uh, I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I encourage you to go over to infantadoptionguide.com and look at the podcast episodes. Uh, There's a podcast button at the top of the page, and you can see all the podcast episodes there. Go check, check them out or check them out on iTunes as well or Stitcher or other places that you can subscribe to. So thank you so much for listening. Until next episode, I'll keep you in my prayers that your adoption will happen very, very soon. God bless.